Amen. Uh, say, I'm happy to see you. It's good to see you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we happy to be here tonight? So I welcome everyone tonight. I welcome you to Life Feast. Amen. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome to Life Feast. Okay. Thank you. Amen. We're good. You can hear all hear me, right? All right. Okay. Awesome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we give thanks to Jesus? Amen. And I welcome each and every one of us tonight. And uh, just appreciating what the Lord has been doing in our lives. And to thank God for the grace and the mercy to be here. Uh, the grace to, for the commitment to be here as well. I just want to appreciate God for each and every one of us. Thank, uh, thank everyone for being here for the, for the ministry of the word. And thank you for coming all the way from St. Anne's. Right, so that uh, we, can, we can all see what the Lord has for us. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank you, Jesus. So, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to follow the Lord as he's leading us. Amen. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Father, we have come again before you. Imarna halavesmin call. Imikol aite call. Imsun I am calling. Imkaite call you. Imsuku call you. I I am a I am to call you. I am calling you. Is a call. It's a call. Imika call. I am a call. Ikaima call. Imsin call. Elto, eh, ema, ema so. Holy me, help me, help me, help me. Halmakas, halmakasa. Yes, emi kafin. Hello, hello, hello. Masiano, elmia, elmia, halmika. Halama, halmata fe. Helso, eh, kasmikaya. Elevamus, kayam. Hamso. Tell me so. Yes, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mariano, Stadt Hamarian, 
to the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, this. Thank you, the Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for the grace which you've supplied while you've come to us. For that we pray, Lord, that as we move into the word, that the grace to speak your mind you will supply. Father, the grace to speak that which you have for us, you would supply tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, help us to align in spirit, soul, and body with you tonight. Help us, Lord. I submit totally unto you. I submit totally unto your spirit for to fountain out of your life and to speak out of your words. Make my tongue the tongue of a ready writer tonight and help let spirit be given let life be imparted lord help us to to pick the sense of that which you're saying to us tonight thank you thank you father give you all the praise give you all the praise in sana halamaya kami sophia thank you jesus give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is faithful. Amen. How many of us love the word of God? I'm sure we all do. That's why we are here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can we open our Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 2? Actually, Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. It is clear part of what the Lord is saying to us, right? Is concerning our calling. Right, and it's important for every Christian to know that calling. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can we read from uh, Ephesians chapter one? We read from verse sixteen. Right, it says, "Cease not to." Okay, so I say, okay. Let me from fifteen. Say, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. And love unto all the saints. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Right? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen. Um, I'm going to read verse 15 again. So wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus 
and love unto all the saints. Amen. So this book is, is written by Paul, right? It's a letter to the Ephesians, right? And as he was writing to the Ephesian church, there are things he began to say to them, right? And then, according to verse 15, then there are things he began to, to pray for, for them. Praise the Lord. And in praying for them, uh, there are things he, he had to notice in them. Say, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. These two things that Paul was saying to the Ephesian church is a sign of spiritual development that he has been able to identify in the Ephesian church. Amen. We know that we've been talking about spiritual, growing up spiritually, being developed spiritually, right, over these past few weeks. And the Lord has made it clear that there is no many ways to grow or to develop. It's just one way, is to grow up, right? But, and we also need to know what that means, right? Because there are different kinds of growth and movement in the heart and the souls of men, right? Because men can grow laterally, right? Lateral, I think I'm right, right? Flat. But men can also go, grow vertically. It's possible, depending on what is shaping the, the development of the soul, right? It's possible for man to expand, but not grow up, right? But there's something I'm seeing here that it's each, in each, okay, so for each type of growth, it is all expansion that is required for the soul, right? Why? Because when you are growing laterally, you are, you are expanding sideways, right? But when you are going vertically, you are expanding vertically. And in all of those vertical and lateral expansion, something is being added to the soul, right? That's what is making it to move and expand and shift, right? And so when a soul is growing laterally, right? There are things that is being added to it as well. And those things that are being added are the things for to lose the soul. Because when a soul is moving sideways, what it is gaining is the world. Right? So when a soul begins to move sideways, is not going up. It means that they are putting weight on the soul. The more it expands sideways, the more weight it carries. And as it's been, as it's expanding, it's more weight. It's more weight and weight and weight. And it, on, it becomes so weighty. It's actually a walk against vertical movement. Why? Because if you can get men to expand sideways and keep expanding and keep adding things to them because they are expanding because the nature of the soul is elastic right it's souls 
are elastic in nature. It can take things that is given to it. Praise the Lord. Right. So, the things that is given to the, to the soul in the world, the worldly things given to the soul, does not add to the soul in moving upward. And it's not just moving upward, right? It does not add life to the soul. It does not add w things that, is, that are weightier, right, than the earthly sojourning. Things that are weightier than natural exploit. Praise the Lord. Right? So it is important that a soul develops. And it's important that the soul develop upward and not sideways. Right? It has to be upward. It has to be upward. Because there are many things that seems like an upward development for souls, but they are not. Praise the Lord. So it's possible for souls to be able to begin to look in the natural, right? And begin to associate uh, maybe expansion career-wise, expansion, uh, when I say career-wise, maybe we are growing in our career, maybe we are you know, moving from one, from one career point to another. All those things, right, can seem like, uh, all those things can seem like achievements for soul. There are many things the soul can chase on this earth. There are many things. Things that can be infused into the soul, things that can be added to the soul, but they are all vain. Right? Satan knows how to pump vanity. Right? So that's Satan's, that's Satan's skill. He knows how to, how to make vanity glorious. He knows how to pump it. He knows how to make it he knows how to make it something that souls go after. Satan, can do, Satan knows how to make nothing something. But it's nothing. And then you remember the preacher. The preacher will tell us that vanity upon vanity, all is vanity. And when you say vanity upon vanity, it's not just, it's not just talking about, you know, there's, there's a way we, call, we think about vanity. Right? Uh, I mean, at least... I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think sowing my life, right, to gain money, sowing my life, right, to develop career-wise was anything less of vanity. I, I didn't think that's vanity. I thought vanity, right, is only loving money, right, being materialistic. Right? That's the only thing I thought. Vanity is, but vanity is much more than that. Vanity is a spiritual is a, is a spiritual sickness, right? That vanity is the, the the father of vanity is Satan, so Satan created vanity, right? Vanity is emptiness, and the only way to see that is in the spirit. And souls must be able to recognize that, right? Now that does not mean that. I mean, when I say these things, you know, it doesn't mean that we just know we will not grow career-wise or all those things. No, there's, 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 a, there's a place for that, right? 
but the priority in the soul, right, should not, should not, the priority in the soul should not have a weight more than what God calls weighty. Right? And if you want to be, if you want to see what is weighty, the true thing that is weighty in the spirit is God himself. The things of God are weightier matters. The things of God have weight. That is why they are telling us it will purchase for us an eternal weight of glory. Right? Everything that has God's fragrance, God's life, right, is a, has capacity for weight. And those weights, they are actually meant to be put into souls. Those weights is meant for souls to carry. Souls should be weighty. Right? Souls should be weighty. The absence of weight is a sign of weakness. Amen? It's a sign of what? Weakness. Now, and we know that now men are weak. Men are not weighty. Including Christians, right? We Christians, we don't, we don't have weight because we don't have God. But thanks be to God because God has a calling for us. It's a calling into glory. It's a calling of, of weight. It's a calling that has given us a hope into weightier matters, into weighty things of God. Amen. I don't know what's, when I'm saying weight, it's like, it's, it's, it sounds simple, Abby. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't look like it's sounding, you know, sounding something interesting for a soul to be, to be desiring, right? But it is. Your soul should not be empty. Your soul should be weighty. It should be weighty in the spirit, right? When they check it, right? It should have, it should have substance. When evil come to look at you and they check your soul, right? There should be substance in them. Not when they come, they shouldn't find rice and beans, right? When they come, they shouldn't find. Uh, they shouldn't find money and cars and house. They shouldn't. They shouldn't find career ambition. Does that mean we should not go career-wise? No, you should. It's, so it's, it's, part, it's part of nat uh, natural development, right? Whereby career-wise, we take on more responsibility, right? Because what we, what we really call career growth is actually just pretty much taking more responsibility at work. That's it. Just more responsibility. Some, they have responsibility without pay. Right? <laughs> This word is wicked, man. Yeah. Right? And, and companies know how to do that. Where they just they add more responsibility and they just give you, let's say, maybe, maybe $5,000 raise. Mm. But the responsibility they are giving you is actually the salary of another position entirely. <laughs> you know, maybe you are earning, let's say, $40,000 and then they add more responsibility. And if they, are, if they are to create a position for the responsibility they are giving you, they have to pay another like 40,000. 40, but they had responsibility. But someone that's very 40,000 would not be earning 50,000. Right? And in earning 50,000, 
they've, they've, they've actually gained. Why? Because they, they, saw, they, killed two, they killed two birds with one stone. They'll give you responsibility and they make you feel good about it. But the summary is that it can, it can still be for their gain. Hardly would you see a corporate, a corporate, a corporate organization that sincerely, out of the, out of the depth of their heart, just want to give you money and, 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 and just want to be good to you. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. They might like you, give you perks, try to get you to stay, but the truth of the matter is that they are just watching out for themselves. They don't. They, they, all, all they care about is their gain. And it's very easy to know that how, like COVID came and the recession hit. Guess what was happening? Everybody was just firing and firing and firing. The tech world went into chaos. This one fire, that one fire, that one fire, that one fire, that one fire, this one fire. Everybody was scared. What's happening? Ah, they are watching. They don't want to go bankrupt, so they need to yeah. they need to shed some. And then, and of course, they'll tell you sorry, they'll pay you some more money, but they continue their business. Yeah. That's the truth of the matter. None of them will say, you know what? We'll pay all our workers, give them awesome bonus, and then we'll close. Because we just care about these employees. You know what? All the money we've made, we'll just give it. Me, I'm sure the owner of Amazon. If they take his or his or maybe his assets, mm -hmm. I'm sure that he can pay all the salary of everybody they fired, mm -hmm. and see have a lot of money. They, they, they are billionaires. Mm -hmm. It's billions they 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 keep. It's not thousands. It's not uh, millions. They keep they keep billions. So why why can't you suffer for your employees? You know, it's not possible. It's, it's for them to suffer, they would rather leave you off. Right? Yeah. I just to tell you that they don't really care much about, right? It's a contract. You are working for them. They are paying your salary. You make them money, they pay you salary, right? Because for them to even hire your position, your position must be making times two of what they are paying you. That's like the is it the is it the backhand? That's a, that's a more like an ins, inside. If well, I don't think if it's inside, say, but. If you know, you know, right? But the truth is, for them to hire anybody, that position that they are hiring for must be making times two of the money that it's making for them to be paying you that salary. So the truth of the matter is that they are still underpaying, no matter how much they are paying. Because the position has to make times two. But we understand they need to make profits too. We get it. So it, it makes them stood, they pay us, and voila, we do the work. But they don't, they don't care too much about us. Right? So what, when they haven't come, they shouldn't, find, they shouldn't find career ambition inside the soul. Because once you, once, you, once, you take, once you take that ambition, move it into the spirit, yeah. it's nothing. It's vanity. It's vain. It's vain. In short, and guess what? All the profession on earth, all, all, every, except, 
except well, like, well, it's a profession in a way, but not in a natural sense, right? We have our own profession. Christians have a profession, right? Which is not an earthly profession, right? But on earth, there are earthly, every earthly professions you see, they are actually nothing. They mean nothing. When you move it into the spirit, you can't find them there. The truth of the matter is that every profession you are seeing, right, every single one, is a, they borrowed it from principles in the spirit. And they also borrowed it from man. The way man walk, they borrowed it. It's Satan, Satan that created all the professions. But when I say Satan, does not mean that you, you not say Satan created my profession, I'm not working. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just talking about the sense that brought about professions on earth. Is 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 this is a sense that wanted gain, right? Like Cain, which started building cities, right? And the moment you start building cities, there are things you need. You need to sustain the city. So you need an economic aspect of the city to sustain it. Right? So when you have a city, just like you have a country, right? The moment you build it, you need economic power to sustain it. Right? And that is where professions work have to come. You, know, you need to maybe find a way to, to fund the city. Maybe in the early days they used to do trade by butter, right? I don't know what they were doing during the time of king. But I shall know that at some point in our forefathers they were doing trade by butter, right? From where I'm from, the, after, from trade by butter they moved into cowries. <laughs> because you know, different, different areas in Nigeria, we all have different. I don't, is, it, is it common that all of us use cowries? It's all of us, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, beads. Uh -huh. that's, that's, that's the currency before it became money. So money that we have now, they brought it down. When it was trade by butter, money was even better as trade by butter. The moment it became money, currency, yeah. Sita, Sita had, had a serious hand. Why? Because it can, it can then move, it can move it into certain hands. He can distribute it. When it is trade by butter, how can he? He can't. It's difficult for Satan to, to distribute wealth. Why? Because it is trade. But I need this. You need this. Okay, give it. Okay. It's about needs, right? So there, there's not too much power there, right? The only power there is that if you are the only person that have the thing that everybody needs, right? But even at that. You too, you need to, uh, you, so whether you like it or not, you have, you have to give away that thing. So in a way, somehow, trade by is, is even better than, than currency that we have now. Because with currency now, uh, we just need to print some paper and give it to a set of people, and that's it. And people know how to, and if people can use it as written, well, they know how to collect the money, keep it for themselves. Right, so all those things they are earthly, earthly, they are earthly materials 
that has no weight. The only place where it seems like there's a weight to it is here. Why? Because they, they call it, they, for example, money, they call it purchasing power. Right? Then they call, you know, career. Uh, what is career? This, well, career is attached to ambition in a way. When you look at career, it's more about ambitions. Right? Mm -hmm. Safety, name, all those things. So, all those things, when they check it, they shouldn't find it in a soul. But those are the things that can blow up a soul. Those are the things that can make souls expand lateral, lateral wise. Not expanding upward. The thing about expanding upward, right, is that there's also, I know this one by seeing, but just the sense I'm seeing here, right, is it can also fly. Just like balloon, right? When you blow a balloon up, right? Can, can stand, it can take flight. And you know all those, uh, I don't know, ah, real estate will know this one. It's Remax, right? They always fly one balloon every summer. Has it, has it been out this year? I don't think so, eh? Every, every summer, they fly the Remax balloon. It will be flying all around the city. And you see Remax there. I don't know why they do that. I guess it's advert. It's advert, eh? Remarks will fly over the city for everybody to see. But it's, it's flown in a balloon. Right? And that balloon, I think at some point in the past, they used to use it for travel. Right? They used it for travel at some point. But that balloon is, is blown upward. And then it can, it can fly. The thing about that is that it has to be, not, it, 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 it has to be weightless. I we can use that sense. But, it is, but in the spirit, it is not weightless. Right? But it is weightless. That's why it can take flight. But expanding lateral on the ground, that one is weighty. It's very weighty. But it is built against spiritual ascension, upward movement, because the destiny of every soul is to move up, is to journey up. Every souls must develop upward, right? And we see the need that souls must leave earthly space, earthly sphere, not tied to anything on the earth, earth go, earthly goals, not tied to it. The earthly, earthly pursuit shouldn't be the glory of the soul. It shouldn't be what the soul rejoices in shouldn't. There should be things that the soul will rejoice in. I mean, of course, if you buy a car, buy a house, you will rejoice for a little bit. It's okay. Right? But it shouldn't be the joy of the soul. It shouldn't be. Right? It shouldn't be, the, it shouldn't be the pleasure of the soul. Because anything that has the ability to give joy to the soul has the, the, the potential for pleasure. It's actually, it is it is things of pleasure that makes the soul glad, joyful. It's things of pleasure. Which is why when you begin to now explore pleasure in the spirit, you begin to experience the joy of the Holy Ghost. That joy of the Holy Ghost is a... Is, is a, is a when the soul comes into it, there's a, glad, there's a joy inside the soul that the soul has found when it just moves into the spirit. Say, 
I love speaking in tongue, right? I love praying in the spirit. As, a, as you are praying, maybe sometimes you are about to pray, it's very dry, right? But just keep going. As you begin to continue, you notice it's like they are oiling you small, small. After 30 minutes, it's different from the way it was when you were starting 30 minutes ago. After an hour, you know, it's almost, after an hour, it has changed. After an hour, you almost don't want to stop. Because that's that almost, <laughs> yeah, no, no, this was just a standard I'm raising, but it's okay to raise it. You know, it's after that one hour, you just started praying. Right? You know that the one we initially start, sometimes we're not even thinking too much about it. After 30 minutes, then you are getting into it. After an hour, eh, eh, you started praying. Then you now start praying, 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 praying. But when you now start praying, that's the time you now start thinking. Ah, I need to go to work. Home. I need to go to, I mean, you need to go to work, so go to work, please. But it's, it's giving us a sense that, ah, the moment you are hitting the thing, that's when everything around you now start telling you, it's okay. It's time to wrap it up and then go. But you can also continue praying. Even, like for example, for us that have to go to work or other things, you can continue your prayer. It doesn't have to stop where you stop. The, most, of, most of the hindrance there is the heart posture. Yeah. The heart posture. That's just it. If the heart is positioned, right, to pray, it will. Just that most of the time, other things, it's like there's a, there's a way we zone yeah. into prayer and then zone out. Mm. It's only the time that we focus on it, that's the only time we feel we are praying. No, 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 no. that's not the only time you can pray. You can pray without ceasing. The Lord that says pray without ceasing knows that you have to work. He knows that you have to take care of things. He knows that you have to, but you can still pray. You can pray without ceasing. And as you begin to do these things, you see, you begin to find it. I want us to check it. Each time we are maybe praying, reading our Bible, you begin to find pleasure. Does it taste like the same pleasure you get when you buy a new phone? It does not always smell or taste the same. Maybe when you buy a new phone, you might feel like it's, but it's not. When you begin to check it, you realize that the pleasure coming from the Spirit that is flowing in you is different. That one has a has a sense of quench, quenching test. Right? Yeah. It's like drinking sweet water. Mm. Most of our water in Canada, they are not that sweet. I don't know. I, I, I believe Nigerian water, our water in Nigeria used to taste good. The waters we drink, I don't know. And here they process it. I sit down and still understand. Right? They process it for us. They say they want to make it safe. But it's hard. It's not soft. It's coarse. When you drink it, it's not too tasteful. But in Nigeria, you just fetch water from the well. Ah, drink it. Ah, soft. It's not. It's not tasting. It's fresh. It's not tasting coarse or harsh. When you shower with it, it's not hard on your skin. Here, some of the water when you use it to shower, it will, your skin will be scratchy and hard. You have now use it. Forty-eight hour cream. 48 hour moisturizing cream, which is also a lie. Right? There's one moisturizing cream I saw after 48 hours. Ah, 48 hours. I used it after 30 minutes. It felt like I didn't use anything. I'm like, ah, ah. They lied to us. So. 
But maybe it's not just for this kind of skin. Maybe for some other skins, it works, right? But this one, it doesn't. That thing doesn't work. But at least it's better than the one that is not 48 hours. The one that is not 48 hours used to last like five minutes. After five, ten minutes. <laughs> it's like, did I cream today? Right? But that's not, those, all those ones, they don't, they don't lie to us, right? But Holy Ghost has a sense, right? Of quench, there's, there's the, when we move into the joy of the Holy Ghost, there's a there's a sense of test that it quenches. We have a sense that is quenching our test, right? So the joy of the Holy Ghost is actually is 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 what the soul identifies it as his destiny, right? Because when you talk about joy, eventually where it lands you is present. And presence, when they so have a taste of it, you can tell, child, that is my thing. That is what I want. And you can try to satisfy the soul with any other thing, you know, on earth, maybe, like I said, buy a new phone, a new car, all those things. The soul will try to look at it. Ah, okay, okay, let me try it. Try it out. One tiny piece of lip. Ah! And then, that's it. Or maybe we... we uh, it's a kind of food that we've never eaten before, right? Oh, wow, this food tastes awesome. Just wait 24 hours maximum. You use the washroom. Well, that's even using the washroom, eating the food. But after you eat the food, the moment the food enters your stomach or the plate, that food, that one is the, I think that food one is, is the fastest to end when it comes yeah. to pleasure. Why? Because the moment the, when, the, when there's still food in the plate, there's still hope and there's still some joy. The moment the plate is empty, sorrow. I mean, it's the sorrow that we want us to eat more. Hey, I need this thing, I need this thing, I need this thing. But to us, we think it's like, I will like this, we like the burden of sorrow. Why? Because the soul longs for it. But it's gone. You know what? Go and get me another. Right? I'm not saying that you should not eat again. No. So I'm not to stop. I'm not to stop your eating. Please enjoy your food, right? Food is good. The Lord designed it right so that it can nourish the body. So enjoy your food. But what I'm saying is that the joy of the spirit has pleasure inside, which which is for the soul, right? And eventually, the soul ought to come into the fullness of joy. It ought to come into the presence of God, where there is fullness of joy, right? That, that, that place is the, that, that place where the fullness of joy is, is not joy, it's not just joy, it's gladness. It's more than just joy. There's glad, you know gladness is more than joy, right? There's gladness. Gladness is, is, joy on steroid right when when joy is boosted you move into glad gladness sometimes we experience gladness which is different from joy right when we are in the spirit sometimes we experience a, a tiny foretaste of what gladness might, might look like because it's, it's not the same as the way joy comes it's just a gladness in your heart. It's different. 
Right? And there's joy, which is also different. They're not the same. But sometimes, because of the light we have, we can, we can only see joy, but not gladness. Amen. So, uh, I think I've talked a little bit more about the, the vertical and lateral development, right? Because we know that the way the soul should develop is upward. And the Lord is investing in souls developing, going upward. Let's not take, let's, let's leave the earth the way it is. Let's not glorify it more than it is. And we must be wise spiritually not to, over, not to glorify vanity. Vanity is vain. It's vain. Right? Something, something that can't even move into the spirit. Something that they, they don't see. Right? You know, they don't see houses. Honestly, they don't see houses. That's why when you're in the spirit, sometimes, maybe the Lord open your eyes, right? You can, you can see the roof open. As if the angel can just descend. In short, when angels descend, they, don't, they pass through. It's because it's not there. In the spirit, it's not there. On earth, it's there, but in the spirit, it's not. So when they descend, bah, you'll be like, how did they get here? But there's a roof. Yes, but the roof is not in, in the spirit. Amen. Amen. So let's see what um, Paul is saying to the Ephesians. So it's clear that the Lord wants us to develop vertically, upward. And those things that we we'll receive to blow us up, right, to go up are the things of God, not earthly things. They are spiritual things. In short, they are called spiritual blessings. Amen. And I think it's okay if we read this Ephesians chapter 1. Say Paul, an apostle, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1, right? Say Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saint which are at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Say grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Say blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in, excuse me, in Christ. Amen. So they have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You see, these spiritual blessings that they are talking about here, is not God buttering your bread. It's not God giving you a job. It's not God giving you a car. It's not God giving you a house. It's not God giving you a husband. It's not God giving you a wife. What else do we call blessing? Yeah? Plenty money. Plenty money. Yeah. It's not, it's not God making you a billionaire. It's not. When they, they, call, they call it spiritual blessings. It means that it has to be spiritual. So there's, there's, there are spiritual blessings. There are natural. Natural blessings. But everyone does not call those things blessing. What everyone calls blessing are spiritual blessings. The Lord can give you a natural blessing. He can. Right? He can bless you. Give you money. But they are still not spiritual blessings. And the thing is that it is the only thing that makes a soul blessed is, is our spiritual 
blessings. Where spiritual blessings are missing, a soul can't be blessed. There's no blessing in that soul. That soul has not escaped the cause. Right? Well, if there's no blessing, then there's the cause. And what men have been living is the cost life. Right? It's cost life. What men exalt are causes. When heaven looks at men, like, what life is this one living? They see, ah, cost life. Why is it a cost life? You know, it's not cost the way men see cost. You know, when we think about cost, we be like, ah, that madam has cost that man because the man offended. Ah, it cost him that he will never be prosper in life. See, all those kind of, all those, when they say you will not prosper in life, what, which life are they talking about? Is this one that is called vanity? Yeah. Right? So they're talking about money, they're talking about, you know, having earthly, but there are all those, all those, that one's not cause. It's a cause. Okay. Because if, it, if that soul does not have earthly, earthly things, but has these spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, that soul is blessed. That soul is blessed. A soul that have spiritual blessings. A spiritual blessing. Or that, that is full of spiritual blessings. Right? Do we like spiritual blessings? Do we like to be blessed spiritually? Okay, if, if you don't understand what spiritual blessings okay, think about the way blessings is in the natural. Not, not the actual thing. Now move it into the spirit. Now imagine that thing is weight for your soul. Is not, is not, uh, is not. What's it called? Is not. Uh, what do I call it? Is not. It's not like the way the earth, earthly blessing is. It there are spiritual blessings. Amen. There are spiritual blessings. A spiritual blessing, right? The only way, right? You can identify it with it is to know what is spirit. And they tell us that God is the father of spirit. Meaning that it is God that has spiritual blessings. But he has given this spiritual blessing to somebody. It's called Christ. Not just somebody called Christ, but also he has embedded the blessing in the person, in the nature. Such that anybody that can grow to that can receive Christ's things will receive heavenly blessings. Spiritual blessings that are heavenly blessings are meant for to develop souls upward into God. The spiritual blessing is to tell the soul its destiny. Spiritual blessing is to tell the soul. It's destination. When spiritual blessings begin to flow into the soul, there's one thing the soul will know. It is the hope of his calling. That's it. When a soul, right? Amen. When a soul begins to come into Spiritual, heavenly blessing. 
the soul begins to know the hope of its calling. When the soul is not receiving spiritual blessing, they can't know the hope of their calling. Meaning that for every solo, there's a call for you. There's a call to, for, for your destiny. There's a, there's a calling for every soul. Just that most souls are not hearing that call. You have to hear the call, you have to be born again. When you are born again, then you now need to grow. Grow, grow to, till you hear the call. A Christian that's born again today does not know that there's a calling for them. Because all calling that a soul hears when they are just getting born again is, is, is a call, right, to a lot of money, lot of blessing, butter my bread, sugar my tea. See, it's time that Christians know that Christianity is not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not play. Christianity is, is, is sweet, it's beautiful. The Christian life is, is awesome. Praise the Lord. The Christian life is what? It's awesome. It's beautiful. If you can see it, it's beautiful. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, it says, who has blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Meaning that you can't find these blessings unless you begin to move into the heavens. Into the heavens of Christ. You can't, you can't, you can't see these blessings. But you know that God wants to give us those blessings. Jesus wants to give us those blessings. If you don't know, you can pray, God, show me what these blessings are. And they will make, they will make they will show you. Amen. You realize what those blessings are. Praise the Lord. Now, so we've seen clearly, I've, I've talked a bit about spiritual development. You now see that our development spiritually, right, has to be upward. Has to be, has to be alignment with the calling of God. The calling is a high calling. I Meaning it's up, it's not down. It's a calling that is in the heights. Or let me put it this way, heavenly calling. High calling is a heavenly calling, right? Because it, it is a call from the heavens. Jesus is calling. Amen. And, okay, let me just go like this. Let me follow the spirit as it is, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying, sorry. I'm trying my best to follow as much as I can. But I just thought I should just quickly give. What I've been giving earlier, wow. I've been, I've been speaking for about 30 minutes, I think. But all I've just been giving is just backgrounds, right, to what we've been hearing. I think just making spiritual development, beautifying it a little bit more, to let us know that, there must be a frame as Christians about spiritual development. And it is upward. There's, there's an upward movement. There's an earthly movement or lateral movement. Amen. And we see that upward movement is tied to spiritual blessings. Praise the Lord. So here in Ephesians, we, we see the, the journey of believers, right? As you can see in this chapter 1, he began to talk to the Ephesian church, right? Talking specifically about things of God, right, began to introduce, it's almost like the greeting is an introduction, right, to the main <coughs> cry of his heart, right, began to talk to them about spiritual blessings, which are in heavenly places, 
Then in verse 4, it says, According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So he began to talk about the destiny of every Christian. That you, you, he had chosen you, right? In him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. So is that we should is a calling to holiness without blame is a calling to not just holiness but ah when you say holy means means clean means pure right but without blame is different without blame is they've without blame is they've, they've moved away iniquity Right, they've removed iniquity. You are with, with, without blemish, without spots, without wrinkle. Right, because you can have something that are clean, pure, but have spots. Right, if you take a leopard now, if you wash a leopard, wash, 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 put it inside the most cleaning agent, on, what will happen to its spot? It will still remain, right? Because it's part of his DNA. So when you now take that kind of leopard, you see that the leopard is is clean, is holy, but it has blemish, right? You now see that God is particular as to the kind of offerings that he takes, the kind of offering that is acceptable to him. He must be without blemish. He must be without spot. They now see Jesus or God also talking about his bride without wrinkle, without spot. Now see that there is a there is there is there is a destination for the soul, right? And it is to bring that soul to a point where it is holy, not just holy, blameless, without spot, right? So that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, it's telling us that to arrive, see, it is, this was, sorry guys, but most of us will get what I'm saying. Right? But this me, I'm just, this one is just preaching. I'm just preaching. Just a preaching that I'm saying quickly here. It says, before, that which we would have to blame before him, right, in love. It's telling us that it is inside love that you can arrive here. See, all these things is in love. Holy, without blame, is in love or is in charity. When you have grown into charity, you would be, you, not just charity, the end. You have to move, right? And of course, you know that God is love. So there is charity. It's a kind of love. There's also love, who God is. There's a realm of love, right? Or you can, you can talk about the realm that is true. Right, but let's not talk too much about that, right? But you say without blaming love. So if, can, if there's anything we we'll take from here, right? What we can take is that in love, right, you would be holy. And you'll be acceptable. Why? Because you are without a blemish. <laughs> Amen. So all these things, they are, they are actually telling us about callings of a soul. And this calling is high. Amen. But let me move further. It says, 
having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, right, according to the good pleasure of his will. See, Paul was telling the Ephesian church, right, things about God. This thing is, is almost like the eology, eologizing Christ. Amen. Is eulogizing Christ, pretty much telling, telling us destiny that we have in Christ. It's, a, it's, it's almost like a foretaste of it. It's telling us callings. Amen? It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So make us accepted. Like I said, to be accepted, we have to be in love, right? And says, accepted in the beloved. He's still, he's still telling us about that, so he's still, still telling about Christ fully from beginning to fullness, right? He's talking about him. He said, in one way of redemption through his blood, that's Christ, and forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. See, we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Amen. See, I guess as I'm reading it, I will just be painting picture here. Sure you know that a newborn believer, right, hasn't come through full redemption. Right? And we'll see, because Paul mentioned it here later, because he said, he said until the redemption of the purchase, he says until, right? Until the redemption, that's in verse 14, right? Of the purchased possession. So it's telling us that redemption is not just getting born again, right? When we get born again, there's a, there's a part, we have part redemption, right? When that says, through his blood, redemption, through his blood, so there's a sprinkling of his blood that brings about redemption, right? The forgiveness of sins. Now, this forgiveness of sin is beyond just getting born again. And then they forgive you all of your past wrongs. That one, when you get born again, this happens. They forget you are a newborn babe, right? They forget you don't have a past. That's the truth of scripture. You are now a new creation, right? Now, but that is different from forgiveness of sin. This one is something that has to do with calling. Forgiveness of sin has to do with calling. Is for you to, for for us to go through forgiveness of sin, they have to call you into sprinkling for forgiveness, right? Say so for forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace, meaning that what brings about these things are the riches of His grace. So, if you want to look at what is rich, look at grace. Anybody that have grace have riches. Anybody that lacks grace is poor and wretched. Amen. Anybody that has grace can partake of heaven. Or let me put this, when heavenly blessings in Christ begins to come, it actually comes to you as grace comes to you and me as grace. It's grace that's come. 
That's why they can tell us that the grace of God, which bringeth salvation, has appeared unto all men. That grace is beyond just getting born again. The grace that has appeared unto all men, is it will get you born again. It will also make you Christ. It won't just make you Christ. It will then make you everlasting. Not just everlasting, it will eventually land you inside God. You will move fully into God. Amen. Let me continue reading. It says, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. So wherein he hath abounded to us in all wisdom and prudence. When he say abounded toward us, meaning that he has increased towards us. Not just increase, it's a supply on an increase, abounded, right? Mm-hmm. So, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had proposed in himself, that we might know unto the mystery of his will. There's a mystery in his will. When you begin to demystify the mystery of his will, is when calling begins to sound. When you begin to hear a higher calling. What is the higher calling? See this one, ah, okay, I don't want, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me wait. Let me get there before I spill the beans. Right? Although we all know it already. I'm sure most of us know these things. Right? It says, of his good player, which I propose in us himself, and say, so this, this mystery, right, that is in his will, the will of God, is, is a, there's a mystery there. Right? There's a mystery of his will. That mystery is a pursuit of every soul. Your soul is, is meant to know mysteries. Your soul is actually designed to know the mysteries of God. Your soul is actually designed to know the mystery of his will. Knowing the mystery of his will is not knowing the mystery of the ten heavens. It's not knowing the mystery, mystery of the seven heavens or the mystery of praying in the midnight or the mystery of fasting. Those are not mysteries that the soul was designed to. You can learn those ones. It's useful. But there are mystery, there's a tougher mystery that heaven designed our soul to learn. It's the mystery of God. Which when we begin to know it, we begin to reveal the mystery of his will. When mystery of his will is being revealed, you begin to know the hope of your calling. You begin to know high calling. Calling to leave the earth space and move into the heavens. It's calling to, to count all things dung. Calling to begin to see a better hope, a better, a better destiny. In the heavens. If you've not found destiny in the heavens, you've not found hope yet. You, you don't know the hope of your calling yet. When you have not sighted your destiny in the heavens, that means that there's, you, are, you are still knowing earthly callings. You have not, you have not discovered spiritual calling. You've not discovered the calling that Jesus is calling, that God is calling every soul. God is not calling people to be the best engineer or doctors. I know I, I, I say this, I'll keep saying it. That's not, that's not the calling. If somebody comes to there and says, I had a dream. So the Lord wants me 
There's a calling for upon my life. And my calling is to create a big empire and solve certain problems. Sorry, something else is speaking to you. Why? Because while the Lord can allow you to do some things on the earth, your, your calling is not, is not tied to earthly problems being solved. Does that mean you can't solve every problem? No, you can solve it. You can go ahead. Right? Like, like people are solving problems to this day. Global warming, electric vehicle, all those things. No, it's the, it's the, that electric word, where shall I go with us? Global warming. Amen. Electric vehicle to, for, it's still part of global warming. They're trying to be uh, renew, renewable energies. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm talking, I'm talking simple today, right? So that is the so so the mystery of it. So our so the soul of every man is designed, right, to know mysteries, like I was saying. So it's not it's not to it's not to know mysteries of it's not to know mysteries mysteries of of water. Right? It's to know the mysteries of God. It's to know the mysteries of God. It's to begin to, souls need to begin to hear heavenly calling, calling in the height. Amen. But let me begin to read further. It says, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his, according to his good pleasure, which he had proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. You see? Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things, after the counsel of his own will. You now see that they've, they've, they've not, they, they are still talking to the Ephesian church. They've not actually started addressing them yet. He's still greeting but this greeting, this, this uh, uh, calling to the Ephesian church, or this letter, the beginning of this letter, is just telling them their destiny. We're going to tell them their calling. They are calling. But Paul knows that they, they, they have not understood their calling yet. They don't know their calling yet. But Paul began to tell them about their calling initially. We got to tell them that you have a destiny, you have a destination. Your destination is in the heavens. Your destination is in... There are things in God that they have called you to that you don't know. But you must know them. But let's read further. He said, verse 12, that said that we should be to the praise of his glory. So we who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted. Now he began to talk to them. Right? He began to talk to the Ephesian church. Said that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. See? So in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard of the word of truth. So Paul is talking to the Ephesians and is telling them about their state. Says, say the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, 
you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. He said that when you, born, when you were born again, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Meaning that you received a seal. Right? Which is the Holy Spirit of promise. What is this seal going to do? So this, is, this one is telling you that there is a seal in Holy Ghost. Right? Verse 14 says, which is the earnest of our inheritance. He's saying that this thing that you receive is the token of our inheritance. So every believer that is born again has received a token of their inheritance. And you can see the evidence in their spirit. They have received a token of their inheritance. Resurrection. Being brought back to life from the dead in their soul. Right? Sorry, in their spirit. There's a little bit is in their soul. But what the major work that is done is in their spirit. The moment you get born again, they just they, they, they carry light and throw it pa to your spirit. And when that light lands in your spirit, all of a sudden you are awoken to God. They call that being quickened. Amen. Amen. They throw light to our spirit. They or they recreated our spirit. And then that spirit, all of a sudden, is at peace with God. He knows that, ah, I can call you my father. I can call you my father. You are my heavenly father. What makes all that possible is because we got born again. Right? Anybody that is not born again can hardly identify God as their father. It's difficult to do. I, can't, I, don't, I don't see how. They will come into the sense to identify God as their. If anybody is an unbeliever and is identifying God, my father, no, 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 he's a believer. He's not, he's not an unbeliever. Why? The scripture tells us that nobody, right? Right? Call it. Ah, what's that? It's in, it's in Corinthians. Say, except by the Spirit. So you can't call. You can't call Jesus Lord except by the Spirit. I think there's a scripture in the Corinthians that, that tells that. It says, except by the Spirit. You cannot, you can't, you can't say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Meaning that if you're not born again, there's no way, no way. You can say God is your Father. You can't tell. You can say, ah, there's a God who, I know about God. Well, God but the, but the moment you get born again, that's the first sense of belonging. Because of the recreated spirit, it just tells you, ha, God is my father, my heavenly father. Because, yes, something has happened to your spirit. It has given you a new spirit that can add it. Because his spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What makes that possible is because your spirit is recreated. If it's not recreated, you can't call. You can, the, your, the, his spirit can't bear witness with your spirit. Because before you get born again, he wasn't bearing witness with your spirit. He was trying to convince your spirit to be born again. The moment you are born again, then you can call him our father, my father, who art in heaven. Amen. But they call it a token. So this token, right, is what is responsible for our spiritual development. 
This token is what we need to use to grow. Anybody that uses the Holy Ghost, that grows in the Holy Ghost, will increase upwardly. It, if not upward, we have a sense of an upward. Why? Because the more you grow in the spirit, the more you are getting prepared for ascension. The more there is no way you will be earthly bound the way men are bound to the earth. As long as you are growing in the spirit, they will begin to take you into a foreign world than this one. They take you into the heavens of God. They begin to introduce you into the spiritual world. They begin to, how? They give you tongues. First of all, they recreate your spirit. You have, ah, God is my father. You are aware more in the spirit, much more of spiritual things. Then they can, they can give you tongues to begin to have a conversation in the spirit right, with heavenly kind of language. Right? Hallelujah is an heavenly language. So, tongue is an heavenly language. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, earthly bound. Right? Though they say you can talk with tongues of men, they're not, they're not talking about just natural, right? It's a spiritual. Is that, that tongue of men is also spiritual. It's not carnal. Right? But you can have, you can have, a carnal, a carnal language, right? But carnal languages are not spiritual languages. Amen. So when you get born again, Holy Ghost is given, right? And then Holy Ghost will begin to talk, begin to talk, begin to talk to you about spiritual things, expose you to the world of joy, expose you to the world of pleasure, such that once you find it, you should be you should be, you should be, ah, English, 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 what is this English word? You should be exploring, yes. What you should be doing as a believer that have Holy Ghost is exploring the spiritual realm. Exploring the Holy Ghost in the spirit. You should keep exploring. Keep exploring. Keep praying. Let God reveal himself in different ways to you. Just pray. Read your Bible. Pray. Pray. Love God. Enjoy fellowship. Keep, be, be prayerful. One of the easiest ways to experience God more is to be prayerful. Another thing, I know most of us, maybe we've thrown it away, but that's the truth of the matter. If you will soar in the spirit, calm is fair, right? you must be prayerful. Within you, you must be prayerful. You must be prayer. You must be prayer configured. You must be. Maybe you feel maybe now. Ah, I'm not prayer configured. Ah, most of the time, I do my things. Don't, don't, don't get yourself all worked up. Just do it. It's gradually. Once you start, it's gradually. And it doesn't mean that because you are also prayer. It doesn't mean that it's every second. But you, what you think you notice is that it gets easier. Holy Ghost will, will be prompting you easily. You, f you feel wells of joy with, ah, okay, let me pray. Can pray, pray for some time. Any time the desire to pray comes to you, just pray. 
Now, the secret is, the, is in the yielding. Right? Because when it starts, maybe it starts and then no, no, the secret is in the yielding. Every time it comes, commit to yielding. You notice that then that will begin to exercise you more. Begin to increase in spirit. Begin to increase in life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It says, well, okay, let me go further. So, the Holy Spirit of promise, which, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. And like I said earlier, I think I mentioned this, I, I talked about this chapter 14 a bit, right? It says, it is the it is the endness of our inheritance until the redemption. Meaning that this thing will bring us, Holy Ghost will bring you into redemption Amen. of the purchased possession, which is your soul. You have been bought with a price. That which is bought is you and your soul. The buyback, your spirit soul. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So said verse 15, so wherefore I also, after I heard, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. And this is where my statement comes in. See, Paul, first of all, talk to them about their calling, about their hope, about their destiny. Then he told them about the token which they received, which is the earnest of their promise, right? Earnest of the inheritance, the token of their promise, the Holy Spirit of promise, which is to prepare them or to make them have faith in the Lord Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit that can get you to have faith in the Lord Jesus and to love all the saints. Those things that Paul mentioned here, they are growth measurement, faith and love. They are the yardstick of measurement in the spirit. When you are growing, how they check you Amen? Sorry, excuse me. How they check you, right, is they check inside of you. As the Holy Ghost is growing you. Amen. As the Holy Ghost is growing you, one of the things that you'll be finding inside of your frame is this thing called faith and love. There will be measurement of faith in you, measurement of love in you. As you are growing spiritually, there will be measurement of faith in you, measurement of love. All your growth in the Holy Ghost, as the Holy Ghost is increasing you in the spiritual realm, right, exposing you to the spiritual world, there are also things it will be doing to you in faith and love. The bad, bad, bad things you used to do that you do them no more is part of your measurement. Right? The the consciousness of loving your neighbor that you begin to have initially is its own yardstick. This faith and love, there are different ways they can measure them. But one thing that I know is that they will, they will check your service to the brethren. I'll give an example. Part of, part of what I saw that was my faith and love experience Right? Was when I was in church, my service, I was serving. One of the things that, that was constantly demanded of me is that I drop people at home. So I drive the church van. As I'm driving, there are times that I don't feel like driving to go and drop some people at home. But 
it's almost like a sacrifice in my heart. I just decided to do it. It was just my love towards the saint. That love is not what the heaven called charity. It's still found, it's still, when you look at charity, you still find, find some traces of that. But that is telling us that there is still some things you need to have. It's faith and love. Just working with your brethren. See, loving your brethren, it shouldn't be something that they should be hitting our head over. There's some level of faith and love, right, that we come into. Just loving the saints, right? If you want to know what that is, let's just look at Egin. As Egin, he says, walk in love, walk in love, love walk. Egin was teaching faith and love unto all saints. He taught it, it was examples of love, 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 love. And that to tell us that love is vast, man. Anybody that just, you know, it's easy to say God is love. Everything just has to be by love. And it's good and it's true. But the truth of the matter is that, see that love, he has measurement. Love has depth. Love has height. Love has breadth. Love is deep. Right? So it's more than just what our mind can quickly conceptualize. Oh, yeah, that's love. No, 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 no. The truth of the matter is that if without the help of the Holy Spirit, you come up with it as love, I will most likely not trust that. You know why? Because which sense did you, did, you, did you use to arrive at that love? Any love without the Holy Spirit that is not spirit-inspired, spirit please. It may look good, it may look beautiful, it may look awesome, but ah, that love, what did you come? Which sense did you use? Amen. So, so love must be spirit-inspired. It means that when we are falling short, everyone will begin to tell us. Amen. So let me move forward because of time. Praise the Lord. So he said, I see of your faith and love, right? Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith. So we say, oh, I have heard of your faith and love. This is some level of development that Ephesians had. They, were, they have been growing. They have been developing. And as they have been developed by the Spirit, they have been having some ballooning. They've been ballooning them. Wow. Getting them ready to fly. Right? Into heaven. Then Paul, who had insight, who has insight into hope and calling. The truth of the matter is that these brethren, Ephesians, they don't know the hope of their calling yet. But they were, they were loving the sin and they were having faith in the Lord Jesus. Which every believer must have. But they don't know their calling yet. It's clear because later he now began to pray for them. What that tells us is that believers, just by getting born again, don't know calling. You can't. It's impossible. You need a kind of sense to know a calling. What am I saying? It's possible for a newborn believer to know that, ah, I'll go to heaven. Right? It's possible for a new believer to know that on the last day they'll be raptured to heaven. What I wanted to say before that before is just is that even a new believer can have a sense that their destiny is in God and not realize that no, actually it's difficult to do so. 
right? Because I was seeing that maybe it's possible that you, you maybe you be okay. They could have been hearing around. <laughs> maybe you hear here, hear there that many people are saying, yeah, our destiny is in God. Yeah. But for that realization yeah. to dawn in the heart of He who is hearing it, they must know the hope of their calling. And knowing the hope of a calling is, a, is, an, is, is an individual realization that every soul must come into. You must come into it. I must come into it. You must come. You must come. You must come into it. Yeah. It's possible. Maybe all of us came into it at the same time at one point. Ah, the hope of a calling is this. Awesome. But it's not a collective idea. It's a collective knowledge. It's a knowing inside of you. Of your, inside of you, there's a, there's, there is, there is an abs, there's a resolve that now I know the, what I am called for. And I can tell you that it happened to me. I did not know the hope of my calling until I sighted it. The moment I saw it, I'm like, this is my calling. This is what I have been created for. This is what I should use all my life to pursue. Right? Before, and maybe, maybe subtly there's some sense of career, you know, career development, making money. Of course, with my career, even as an engineer now. Yeah, engineer in training, then later become a, a, a PNG. It's like the trajectory of the money is already there. I'm just, just that I'm a person of patience. I've already been patient. So even though money no day, then I had, I had hope that, no worry now, let me just graduate. Money is coming. Right? And you know all those confusion on earth when everybody you know there's you know there's a, there's a time when believers didn't know the hope of their calling. Yeah. But they had a sense inside scripture that says there's something about hope of calling. Then what happened? We didn't have the light of Christ and everybody's now talking about purpose and purpose, purpose, and there's something about what's your purpose? What's your purpose? And then they, they like everybody have a different purpose in life and different calling. Find your own. Find your own. Find your own. Some, they identify their own as maybe they have to be a philanthropist. Some, they identify their own as being a, a business mogul. Some identify their own as being uh, successful in a, their career in a way. But all those things are not your purpose. They are not your calling. But you know that was the norm in, 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 in the Christendom that time. So for some reason, in my mind, it's almost like I didn't agree. It's, all, it's like something didn't agree with it, but I don't know. Right? Or maybe let me know the word agree. It's just like when it was rampant, everybody was, to me it was like, no ambition for that. But there was a lot of time that Christians were confused about it. And I can tell you, many Christians are still confused about their calling today. They, they don't understand their calling today. Why? Because it has not dawned in their heart and in their soul that they have a calling. And that calling has nothing to do with the earth space. It is an heavenly calling. It is a high calling. It is higher than the earth. It is higher than the carnal life. It is an heavenly calling. It is a call to the heavens. It's a court where blessing flow from. Amen. So let me read further. Time is going. I'm hoping that in the next 10 minutes I'll round up. I hope we have been blessed so far. 
So wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. You now see that Paul now began to pray for them, for the Ephesians. Say now, you have faith and love. They've measured you and realize that you have something. You are not empty. You are not full of vanity. You have substance. You have spirit in you. You have something that can measure in the spirit. Therefore, let me begin to pray for you. Then he began to pray for them. What was his prayer? Then he says in verse 17, he said, I make mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You see, he prayed for them. What can make you understand calling is this thing. You must first be exposed to the spirit of wisdom and revelation, which will begin to reveal a person to you. Imagine when you just got born again. Who do you think you have been knowing? It's not him. You have been knowing the Holy Ghost. But Holy Ghost has somebody he wants to point to that you must know. It's called him or it's called Christ. In the knowledge of him, right? The eyes of your understanding, bless you, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of your understanding must be enlightened. Right? That ye may know what, the, what is the hope of his calling. You now see. Hear that. See, when you receive spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, something will happen to you. I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That you may know the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling, right, is the hope of his calling to you. They are not saying what is Jesus is calling. They are saying what, they are saying Jesus is calling. What is the hope of that calling? You must know the hope. And that tells us that nobody, not everybody is hearing the calling of Jesus. As Jesus is calling, not everybody is calling. It means that you have to be developed to a point where you cannot begin to hear the hope. Or when you can have, sorry, begin to hear the calling. And when you begin to hear the calling, then you can now realize the hope of his calling. But hearing the calling, realizing the hope is tied to knowing him. Now say that his knowledge, the purpose of knowledge is to get you to begin to see the hope of your calling. Every believer must know their, the hope of their calling. Like I said, the day I realized it, well, today I realized that well, ah, there's hope in heaven. No? There, is, there is hope there. There is hope. And it has nothing to do with anything on the earth. There's a hope. There's a higher calling eh, than the ephemeral, than the natural. There's a higher calling. And that calling has a hope. That calling, we've been hearing it. Many Christians have been hearing it. Maybe we are even you know, here in this circle, we hear it a lot. The hope of that calling, right? 
is that you would eventually, you would eventually house God. So Jesus is calling souls. And every soul that he calls and that answers will have an inheritance. And Jesus calls and so answer, but we must be grown or developed. I think this, the word I want to use is must be grown to have the ear to hear Jesus. Because he says, if they have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So when we are growing in the Holy Spirit, see, something is happening to you. Ear is being developed. It seems like maybe, ah, ah, I'm just growing, I'm just a newborn believer. I'm just, I just started speaking in tongues, you know. Maybe they are still managing. No, 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 no. Continue. What is happening is that they are developing your ear. Why? So that you can hear the calling of Jesus. So as they begin to develop believers, right? They begin to develop believers. They begin to develop an ear. Well, how you develop that ear is that you must, you must have faith in the Lord Jesus. And then you must what? Love, have love towards all saints. Those, when you are doing that, those are the signs that your ears have been developed for Christ. Then once you have been growing and been developed, all of a sudden, you begin to hear the call of Jesus. You begin to hear the call of Jesus. Many calls that many people hear is not the call of Jesus. It's the call of their own ambition. It's the call of their own. Check. Whenever everybody, after everybody pray, 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 and then they discover their destiny. Say, I know what I've been called to do. I'm going to be serving arms and open a, open a, a foundation. I'm taking care of the orphans. No, that's not your calling. That's not. I, I, I know many believers that, you know, after a while, they, they, when a sense of call began to come, what should I do with my life? What should I do with my time? Ah, you don't know. I'll tell you. Begin to seek God. Begin to ask for, to hear the call of Jesus. The call of Jesus is not just calling people to get born again. It's a call into heavenly blessings. Once you grow, you begin to hear Jesus. And Jesus is calling you to know him. And as he is calling you, the moment you respond, something will begin to happen. Time has gone, so I don't think I'll talk too much about that. But because I know the tongue interpretation also mentioned it. It's the moment you begin to answer the call. Do you know what will begin to happen to you? Jesus will begin to come to you. That was the time I began to know Jesus. Jesus began to come. For, because for you to know him, he must come to you. And when he comes to you in revelation, he reveals himself to you. When he reveals himself, you begin to know who he is. You begin to know his person. And in doing so, something begins to flow in you. It is his life. His life begins to flow. So we now see that what is needed, what believers need, is the ear to hear Jesus. To hear the calling. Jesus is saying to us, I am calling. He's saying he's calling you. What that means is that, see, they are already developing you small, small for to hear his calling. They're already developing souls such that the soul can develop ear to hear the calling of Jesus. Amen. Souls must hear Jesus. Souls must be developed to hear Jesus. Amen. Amen. And this development, this hearing, is the hearing of life. The moment you begin to hear Jesus, what we begin to hear is life. Are we blessed today?
So if there is anything that we should we should be praying for, right, is for heaven to help us to develop that ear to hear Jesus. To hear the calling of Jesus. To hear Jesus calling. The calling, the calling is a high calling. No? The calling is tied to Jesus coming to you. He must come to you. When he calls, he's calling for fellowship. When fellowship begins, he begins to come. Just like Jesus, like, not Jesus, just like how God began to come to Adam. In the beginning, you notice that it was a calling and a coming. Right? When Adam heard you, he said, I heard your voice walking in the garden. Ah, a voice. That's a call. Meaning that the moment he heard his voice, bless you, the moment Adam heard the voice, the moment Adam heard the voice of God, that thing was sounding as a calling inside of him. But because of what he had done, he went to hide. But it's not meant to hide. It's meant to answer to fellowship. What is heaven saying to you? It's almost that's also saying to you, say, answer the call. Don't hide. Don't hide yourself. Don't hide in being busy in things. You can hide. When call comes, you quickly just dispose. Ah, I'll answer later. You are hiding. Don't hide. When call for fellowship comes or Prayer prompting within for they want to tune you up. You know when you are praying in this, it's like a tune up. You know when uh, when when you have you have a car, you have to tune it up from time to time. You change fan mass meter, you change some equipment, right? It's tuned up. There's there, there are a couple of things they have to change. Then when they when they tune the engine up, you notice that it will be performing much more better than it was before, running more efficiently. When you begin to pray in the spirit, what they are trying to do is to tune you up. You can tune, if you are rusty, you can tune yourself by praying in the spirit. You know, that's another secret. It's not a huge secret, but it's, it's a thing. Okay, I'm rusty in the spirit. I've not read my Bible. Okay, begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to pray, begin to pray. You are, tu- you are, you are, tu- you are being tuned. The more you pray in the spirit, the more they tune you. And the more you continue praying, the more they tune you. Then after they tune you well, the frequency of the spirit will not be strange to you. It won't be strange. As you are moving, what you are doing is you are developing your ear. Yeah. You are growing in the spirit, you are developing your ear. When Jesus, sorry, when God comes to the garden, right? Adam heard. Inside, fellowship was calling him. Each and every one of us, we hear, we hear callings. We hear callings. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about what I'm calling calling now. Is that prompting within you? Is a call. Because that, the first call you hear is the Holy Ghost call. Before Jesus begins to call you, you must have grown in hearing the call of the Spirit. And the thing is that the call of the Spirit does not end. When you start with it, they train you with it. And when you begin to hear, when Jesus begins to call you, you keep growing in it. You will still be growing in hearing the Spirit. You now realize that even in Revelation, they say, it has an ear, letting hear what the Spirit. The Spirit has been saying things since you got born again. He has been talking to you and all, me, all of us, since we got born again. Holy Ghost has been calling, has been calling. But after a while, the call switches from the call of the Holy Ghost, hello, to the call of the Spirit and Christ. Christ begins to call. Christ begins to call. But you don't lose the call of the Holy Ghost inside of you. 
Because every call is for knowing. So when you answer the call of the Spirit, you will know the Spirit. You will know the Spirit. The Spirit will reveal it himself. It will begin to reveal. So when the soul begins to answer call, answer call, you know, I said that it is, it is one, one thing I'm saying that they want to build in us is the disposition to answer calls. That we, we develop ear. Because it's here, who else here that can hear the calling? So as we are answering calls, the hear for Christ is developing. They're developing your ear to the point where you can. I want us to, to see these two things. Developing the ear for Christ, for his call. Developing that ear to hear Christ is something essential, right? To answer the calling, to know the calling, right? At least by now we should know that our calling is not anything on the earth, right? So we have to develop the ear for the call. And then also we have to have the attitude of responding. To calls. Just not like Adam that heard the call and hid himself. Every time you see the truth of the matter is that you have been recreated in your spirit, every time they are prompting you in your spirit, you will know. You will hear the call. The call of the Holy Ghost is not difficult to hear. It's Christ that you need here for. No doubt they have to build you before you can start. But the Holy Ghost, nah, it's not difficult. It's, it's, it's like water. Philip flowing. When they call, make a commitment not to hide. Make a commitment to answer. Don't be like Adam. I said, I heard your voice walking, then I hid myself because I was naked. You can show your nakedness to God. You can't. Who, who, who is to be, who is better to protect your nakedness than him? Right? Even when Adam fell, he went to go and Sophie he said, No, 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 no. That's not how to cover. Let me cover you. He took animal skin. And they wore it on him. So it's a call to answer in fellowship. Don't hide. Keep responding to the call of the Holy Ghost until you develop the ear to begin to hear Christ. Are we blessed today? Time has gone. No, I don't. Let us begin to just thank the name of the Lord tonight. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. I said I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't take too much of our time today because of, cause of uh, time. And the Lord has helped us to quickly finish. I'm beginning to just thank God. And can I begin to pray that we receive help to begin to answer the call of God. That whatever ever begins to call for fellowship, that we receive help to respond. That we will not hide anymore. Grace to yield to God. Grace to yield to God. Grace to yield much more than we have ever yielded before. Yielded before. Grace to continue yielding. Then pray for grace to develop the ear for to hear the calling of Christ. That his calling will register in our heart. Empataka, empataka, lina no sefeli matakane mospa. Embrazata, grace, 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 grace to to answer calls, grace to de- to answer the call of the spirit. Embrazete vele that as it calls that we will not hide, we will not be encumbered with things, but we will yield in our members to the spirit. Embrazofene matakali mata. And that we have the ear for Christ. We will be developed 
will be developed. That in answering the call, our ears will develop that grace to keep growing. For ears to develop, to hear his call, will be supplied. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. Now, in case we are wondering, this year, does it ever, is, this year is something we keep developing. Because after you have developed ear for Christ, you also have to develop ear for God. So this attitude is something we need. Right from the beginning all to the end. The attitude of answering calls. Whenever we are, that, that we would have grace to align. Obedience to the spirit always develop ears. Can we pray that grace to continuously respond in obedience to the spirit to be supplied. That wherever we are, that grace to respond to the spirit in our growth, wherever we are in the spirit, grace to respond to the spirit for ears to be developed. Whichever ear they need to develop, that ears, grace to respond will be supplied. Mata. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for how you've helped us, Lord, concerning things, concerning your calling. You've taught us again about your calling. We ask, Father, that you begin to develop each and every one of us to hear your call. Father, the heart posture needed to respond to your spirit so that ears will be developed. You will give to us in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord, that you will supply more grace in our members for to respond in grace to you. To respond in meekness. That you will supply abundant health for response to you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray, Father, that you will help our ears to be developed. That we might hear your spirit, what it is saying. Yes. Be it in the spirit, be it in Christ or in you, Father, Lord God. We pray, Father, that grace to develop the ears to hear, you will give to each and every one of us in the Amen. name of Jesus. Father, that the workings of our ears will be made accurate, that we will hear you clearly, Amen. not foggily. We will hear you soundly, Amen. not bluntly, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Sharpen our hearing yes, Lord. in the spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. Amen. For in Jesus' mighty name, you we have prayed. You dwells between the cherubim